Hello and welcome to Rose Ed, the definitive soccer podcast. And the Champions League is back. There's winning starts for the English clubs, despite Liverpool and City looking lax at the back, while Lukaku continues to look sharp in attack. And as for Manchester United, well, young boys, there's no need to feel down. I said, young boys, United came to town. I said, young boys, you made poor Hannah frown because we all laughed when you beat them. That's right. It's Rose Ed, the definitive soccer podcast. Me, Joe Forrester, here with Hannah East, you as are always. Such that was, a that prick. was going so well until you just telled off at the end, Joe. Oh, you're right, Hannah. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. That was such an awful song, but I could just see in your face, you were like jingling away. So excited to sing that to my face. Oh, oh lovely, lovely yeah. stuff. Mike, how are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah, you didn't, um, you didn't seem to enjoy that as much as I thought you would. No, I just, I thought it was a really good start and like United, it just uh, ended really badly. <laughs> oh, lovely stuff. Oh, now we're cooking. Now, now we're, we're cooking. cooking. <laughs> right, Champions League is back. It's probably uh, a good place to start when we do get to the football. But firstly, we've all been on holiday. We have. Hannah, you've um, you've dressed a bit like you're going on Strictly uh, today, <laughs> but you do you do sort of have a nice glow to you. Do you have a nice holiday? I did, I did. Yeah, basically most of my clothes are in the wash and um, my babysitter just turned up and I thought, oh, I better put some, a bit of a bright colour on. And what I've just realised, I've actually got this, <laughs> this top on the wrong way round because the label's there and it's a see-through top. <laughs> it's a see-through top. So sorry about that. You can you yeah. It doesn't sound like the best holiday ever because you've got an ear infection and a spotty back now. Yeah, all right. I told you that in confidence. Oh, yeah, I sorry. Had go, I had to go to the doctors yesterday. I'm 35 years old and um, he told me that I've got an ear infection and a spotty back. He it's didn't like, say you've got a brilliant. spotty back. That's not a well, diagnosis. <laughs> I went to my mate down road. Donna, she said you've got a spotty back and an ear infection. My dad actually said to me, did you send a picture of your ear to the doctor? And I was like, no, because he wouldn't be able to see in my ear canal, would he, to tell me it's infected? But he said, oh, it's really infected. Have you been in a swimming pool? And I thought, not like the type of swimming pool that Joe Forrester goes into <laughs> in Magaluf to get pink eye. But yeah, I was pretending to be um, a tadpole and a mermaid for two weeks to my kids and it's it's backfired. So, I mean, if you've got like a spotty back, right, what does that mean? Is that like... So a... apparently I've had loads of olive oil with my bread for like breakfast, dinner and tea. You know, on holiday, they give you loads of olive oil and balsamic vinegar. So I feel like- Well, rub it on your back. (laughs) Just like changing diet. Yeah, but why does it go on your back? Why does it not go all over your face? Well, my my skin's not great on my face either, but to be honest, um, we have quite a strict sun care routine on holiday where my husband makes me- him and our two kids get up have a shower get our factor 50 smother it all over ourselves and wait he sets a timer for 15 minutes so it absorbs into our skin which is why i'm actually paler now that i've come back from holiday than when i went what a fun holiday with the east (laughs) (laughs) also i'd like to see this doctor's I'd like to see his medical degree because he doesn't, if he says, oh, you've got spotty back, you've had too much olive oil on your bread, he doesn't sound like a real doctor. <laughs> Dean for a tenner, told me. Yeah, yeah, Dean outside the co-op. Um, <laughs> Mike, where have you been? You've been in Dorset. Uh, I had two really contrasting holidays. One of them you couldn't really call holiday. It was more like a, uh, an away day, a really horrible away day. Um, oh, so I went to happened? go and visit. Uh, well, no, no, I went to go visit um, my girlfriend's family who are originally from Preston. Um, so they've, they've so like her immediate family's moved down to Cornwall, but like the rest of her family, extended family, live in Preston. So I went there for the first time and it was 
fantastic. A great city where where the highlight is uh, the train station. So <laughs> does she yeah. get to get out? Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> totally. No offense, Preston. It's just the, not the most exciting place. Um, and then I went to uh, Tewkesbury in the Cotswolds, <laughs> which is a uh, a Tudor old Tudor town. Uh, famous for uh, a really big battle between uh, the Lanks and and I'm, I'm sure you know about this, Joe. It's but, actually um, it's actually pre it's it's pre Tudor Britain, so we're actually talking kind of latter age Plantagenets. Yeah, like Henry. We're talking we're talking Henry the Sixth, uh, War of the Roses stuff. But yeah, very yeah. very big battle, very big important battle in the War of the Roses in the 15th century. 14, 14 something. I'd go, 14, well, I don't know if something. I'd imagine probably think. we're talking is I think it's the return of Edward the Fourth to retake the throne. I'd say I'm probably 1474-ish, I would guess. Yeah, I think it I think I think it's 1473. <laughs> it was um it was it was called like the Bloody Meadow and uh it's right next to the River Seven and apparently a lot of soldiers drowned. But yeah, it was it was quite interesting actually. Like it's a very like old town. I think the the, the cathedral this won't interest anyone else, by the way, but the cathedral was built in like the eleven hundreds. Or something so that that's quite cool you don't see that every day well i believe it's called the bloody meadow because um the the river ran red with blood um and as the lancastrian forces tried to escape as you said they were they were butchered and caught there and also so the church is quite significant because the church is supposed to be sanctuary so if you found your way across um the threshold and into a church you're on hallowed ground therefore you're immune from kind of capture and violence and that kind of thing but the Yorkists didn't care that by that point uh the kind of enmity between the two sides was so bitter that Edward the fourth went in dragged the Lancastrian prisoners out and killed them anyway um which was considered to be a gross act of sacrilege um but he ended up with a throne didn't he so that, swings that, and roundabouts that's incredible how you just have that at the top of your head I literally just mentioned one place and you just knew that there you go, mate. There you go. A wasted life. I don't know anything <laughs> about the modern world. Um, I've been away. I went. I went to yeah, sorry, Slovenia. Sorry, we didn't even ask you, did we, Joe? Good. Don't we worry about asked. it. So, I've made notes and everything. Oh, have you? <laughs> well, I went to Slovenia. It's very nice. If you've not been, go. It's very pretty. Um, but I had a I had a Thai massage while oh, I was there. Christ, here Ooh. we go. No, not like that. Because I, I just I, I wouldn't like that. I did you have a happy ending? Did you? No, it was actually a very unhappy ending. Oh dear. <laughs> because I don't like the idea of a happy ending anyway, because I would just be so, I'd feel, I'd feel under real, I think I'd feel under quite a lot of time pressure if she started stroking the otter or whatever the phrase is. The otter. Do you want to be an otter? It's quite big, I suppose, isn't it? Not an otter. What would it be? The gerbil. Throttling the vole. Um, but... At the end, so it's a Thai massage, so I thought it was going to be nice and relaxing, or kind of like a deep tissue sports massage sort of thing. Have you ever had a Thai massage? The brutal. They're yeah, quite, it's quite rough, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's quite aggressive. There's quite a lot of elbows and stuff, and also I don't feel like she's focusing on particular areas of tension. So at the end, she just goes, and I'm going to do. This was her voice. She goes, "Sit up," and I was like, "Oh, okay." So I sat up. She gets onto the bed behind me pushes me down so I'm like folded over into my own lap and she then sits on my back <laughs> it hurts so much I'm not, not very flexible that way well this is like I don't stretch enough so my hamstrings my back it really hurt and then she like pulled me backwards I'm not joking wiggled my ears like pulled my ears really hard there's no tension in my ears and then she punched me in the back 
<laughs> I would I would pay to see that. Just what is was it just one fatal blow or was it like you know a few like one two or a <laughs> jab 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 no, bang? No, yeah. yeah, no, it was literally she like wiggled my ears and punched me in the back. She's like, okay, I'll finish. <laughs> I was just like, you, you certainly didn't finish after that. No, I paid I paid fifty six euros, which was a discounted rate for to go to Guantanamo Bay, basically. <laughs> um, be beaten up by a woman. Well, so go go to Slovenia. Don't have a Thai massage. That's my review of Slovenia. And so, did you actually feel better after it? You know, like sometimes it takes an hour or two. Or was the bruising just out by that point and you didn't like it? Well, I felt a bit weird because, you know, when something weird happens to you and you feel a bit vulnerable and uncertain. Yeah. I sort of felt a bit, I was a bit wobbly. <laughs> I didn't like really know what to do. Um, but yeah, it's, no, it's nice. It's ever so pretty, Slovenia. So I re- there you go. I recommend it. <laughs> so that's our holidays. The Champions League's back. Hannah, Cristiano Ronaldo's back. It's a great time to be a Manchester United fan. Wasn't it fantastic on Tuesday night? Well, I think, you know, talking about um, Newcastle, the match that we all <laughs> seem to be... Yeah, it's it's nice to see the other players stepping up. Um, I was thinking, you know, Fernandez, um, is, is, I think he's going to flourish. Um, the likes of Lingard, Greenwood, Rashford. I think um, it's it's an exciting opportunity for them. I read an article the other day that apparently they didn't, um, nobody had a dessert the night before on Friday night um, ahead of the the weekend match because Ronaldo didn't and they're all kind of being pretty careful with what they're eating they're seeing that he's got his own chef and and dietitian and stuff like that so I think over the I think over the next few months um, providing Ronaldo doesn't get too exposed the last thing we want is a, a 36 year old to get injured and play too much we need to use him where where it's uh, essential to use him however the other night uh, it wasn't it wasn't ideal. This I know this is where you go in. Um, <laughs> yeah, you just get, I was like, no one cares yeah. about that. You lost. You tell us. <laughs> get, all the good, get all the dessert stuff out of the way. No one cares about that. Yeah, oh, no, lost no. against young oh, boys. Oh, nobody oh. had suet pudding or whatever. No one cares. Nobody had, any great, nobody had great yogurt on Friday. Them poor guys want... really suffered, didn't they? They really <laughs> suffered. <laughs> they didn't have custard on their marble cake. Um, but yeah, it's like literally for God's sake is what I was thinking on uh, on Tuesday. I mean, Mike, one thing I find quite interesting, I know me and you are very keen to jump on Manchester United losing, and I, I really did enjoy it, I must say. But <laughs> do you think the surface had anything to do with it? Because they play on an artificial surface, and I felt like the ball skipped up quite a lot, and I felt like United struggled to deal with that. Yeah, maybe, but it's, <laughs> it's, quite, a, it's quite a niche uh, excuse, isn't it, really? I mean, I, I think you saw that both teams were having to play on that on that surface uh, and yeah I mean they, they like sometimes they do trade on on uh, that that surface don't they so I think yeah. they might be used to it um, but I just thought from a United's perspective Solskjaer showed his deficiencies when it comes to high level game management like this is this is a Champions League and you can never sort of overlook your opposition and under, underestimate them and I think when they went down to 10 men he got it completely wrong. I think he went um, too defensive. He left Ronaldo, you know, thirty-six-year-old Ronaldo, who can't really run uh, for for the whole ninety minutes. He's not going to be the guy that want, you want to chase down the ball, or who you want at the end of a counter attack, which you should be doing when you're when you're a man down. Yeah. Uh, left him up on his own, isolated, and you had like no real legs in midfield. I just think it was it was it was wrong what he did. Um, he needed ball carriers in there. He needed 
not to go to back five because I thought it was so negative really. Um, and it, it's almost like he didn't react quickly enough. I just don't feel like there was that plan there. I just think it was a bit haphazard and like talking to his to his coaches, assistants and like, what do we do? What do we do? There was no mm. no fullback plan there for what would happen. I thought there was a, there's a glaring issue, isn't there? We keep coming back to it. Not in the middle third, but say the pitch is divided into quarters in that kind of second quarter, right? Um, <laughs> this is a very confusing way. It, it, defensive midfield is an issue. Like you said, ball carriers, people to that ball retention. I thought that, that yeah, like you said, that's, that is just that perennial problem for United. If you can't link defence to attack, then you can have all the attacking quality you like. It's not going to do anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what that's what it is. They, they need that link and they've got a load of players in there that um, are good at like specific roles. Um You've got some that are under par, like someone like Fred. I just don't think he's he's really good enough. I don't think he's enough of of what they need. He's not really a defence midfielder. He's not really an attacker midfielder. He's just sort of someone like a, a bit of a, I don't know. I, I don't know. Tell me what what Fred is. It's really hard to describe as, as a midfielder. I'm not really sure what, what he adds. And then you've got like McTominay and Pogba who can do the attacking side of the game, but not defensive. I just think there's no balance in there. And really, at, at that stage, I think they they had um, at one point in the game Van der Beek, uh, Fred, and uh, Bruno in midfield. I think, correct me if I'm wrong. And that's just not what you need um, to, to sort of see out a, a, a game when you're one up and down to ten men. You need a bit more legs. You need some pace, and there wasn't any of that. Yeah, I, I just think this this is where Solskjaer shows his limitations. Really, like he's a great sort of uh, man motivator. Um, he's really good at letting the players express themselves. Um, but when it comes to this level, you need to make those decisions quick and make them right. And have that experience behind you, I think, as well for such a high-level game uh, and knowing the importance of it. I agree. I mean, it it highlights, it definitely highlighted that. And I think uh, Ronaldo's statement when he did come to United was basically he's doing that because of Sir Alex. And I think if if I was a manager of of a club and and Ronaldo was coming to my team, if he released his statement to say he's coming because of a previous manager... It, you know, there's there's a bit of a, an identification there of, um, I'm not going to say respect that Ronaldo doesn't respect um, Ole, but what I'm saying is um, it highlighted to me that there's, there's more behind Ole as a manager than just him being the front face of the team, um, if, if that makes sense. Are we saying hashtag Solskjaer out? We're not saying that, no. But I think, Mike, you've <laughs> Would identified... Would you like to go on record and say that, Hannah? I think you've identified that there is potentially a bit of a weakness there and he's got a good um, good backing behind him. But, um, yeah, I think as a United fan, it's like, uh, you know, you, you don't want the manager to be making decisions that you feel that as a fan you could have made a better decision yourself. And I know that's part and parcel of football where you're like, oh, what's he doing that for? And generally there's a logic behind it. But when I was watching the game the other night, I was like... I, I couldn't understand some of the decisions that he'd made. And I think that was a general consensus for a lot of United fans. And as a consequence, you know, um, it didn't end as we'd wished by a team that it was like, what is going on here? This is this is ridiculous. Uh, United away at West Ham this weekend. Do you think it's going to be back to business as usual, Hannah? I hope so. I'm hoping that, you know, they've had a few um, training sessions together where it's going to take a bit of time. Like, you know, we've got a, we're building a team around 
Ronaldo right now. And, you know, the, the, the gaps that we've identified from Tuesday night and potentially from the weekend against Newcastle, I think they, they're going to be ironed out a little bit more. Um, and the people's roles and, and um, experience are going to be evident um, on at the weekend. So I'm, I'm pretty positive. It's just going to take a bit of time. We can't, you can't just expect players to gel after two training sessions together. It's going to take a bit of time. But when people kind of get the, the balance right and, and the communication right, then I think that we're going to be on to something pretty special at Manchester United. I, I'm going to put money on West Ham this weekend. Are you? I just, I've just got a feeling that it's not all rosy at the theatre of dreams I'm just I'm, I don't know I'm just I don't obviously West Ham no Mikel Antonio sent off last weekend wasn't yeah. he but I don't know I don't know I mean away at West Ham they finally got an atmosphere there I don't know could be something anyway City Leipzig City 163 everyone was uh so I say creaming over City <laughs> everyone was um purring after about City's performance I just looked at that and thought they shipped three goals to be honest, like they, without a doubt, yeah, they're going to score loads of goals. Jack Grealish's goal, took his goal really well. Defenders just backed off him. They let him have all the space in the world. It's awful, awful defending. And I just watched that and thought, I don't know what you thought, Mike. I just thought City could be got at. And I looked at them compared to, I know we keep going back to Chelsea as kind of the touchstone. But I looked at them and I thought, I know which team I think is better. And I think if City are going to ship three against Leipzig, who are struggling a little bit under new coach Jesse Marsh, I don't know. I didn't think they looked all that. Yeah, it was a bit... It's a bit haphazard from from Man City, isn't it? They've, they've had a decent defence so far this season, but I think when you change your defence so much, like um, Zinchenko came in, uh, Walker was out, and then Ake came in, who yeah. I thought struggled a little bit. And I think when you're not playing a consistent back four, it's always going to be a bit more difficult for, for the players to gel and, and to be able to become a unit. Um, we see that across a lot of teams. Um, saw that with Liverpool as well. They changed their their centre back partnership and they they struggled as well. Um, and yeah, I think there's a even though they spent so much money, like it's crazy to say, but I think there are still weaknesses in mm. that in that team. I, I feel like Nathan Ake is a good player, but at that level again, I think he can get exposed. Um, in, in, it is mental because you know they have spent sixty million on Ruben Diaz. They spent a lot of money on Laporte. They they spent you know that window one hundred and fifty million on on fullbacks. Um, this was a, a few years ago, and um, when you see how much is invested in that team and what the defensive structure can be, sometimes yeah, you're, you're right. I think they are vulnerable. Obviously, Spurs beat them as well, so. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought Nkunku playing up front for. Um, Leipzig, I thought he looked really good and his movement was really sharp, but he got through so easily. Just little off-the-shoulder yeah. moves. Can we also talk about Robbie Savage's pronunciation of uh, Mukiele? He pronounced, all night, he pronounced it Mukiele. Like, Claude Mukiele. Like, he's confused that he thinks Claude, he's gone, okay, Mukiele, Mukiele. So I remember Claude Mukiele, or it's Mukiele. It's like, I'm sorry, and I'm sure Robbie Savage is a very nice chap. He is Why? Is he? I've worked with him a couple of times. He won't, probably won't remember that I worked with him a few times, but I have worked with him at a few football events and he's a nice guy. We probably can't. <laughs> right? Like he's <his> lawyer. 
he's, he's a like, nice guy. He's just not a very good co-commentator. No, he's not a very good co-commentator. So he, he can he can be the nicest guy in the world, but he's just not not great at his job. I'm sorry, it's not a hard word to pronounce, and it's no. just I want like you the very least you should. And I don't it's, accents is a one thing. Like say you've got like I don't know French or German or Italian pundits, and they say that a name with an accent, an English name with an accent, fine. But I just fundamentally getting the letters in the name wrong. It's just no. I'm sorry. I, if I'm if if they were right, if they were doing a co-coms test, right, and it's me or you, Hannah, there, and we couldn't pronounce the players' names, we would not get the job. Yeah, and I'm sorry, true. just because yeah. you played for the derby and that derby team was the worst <laughs> team to ever play in Premier League history and got the lowest points total. Why do you then get to do co-coms? I'm sure he's a lovely guy, but it's just it's it's yeah. the wrong it's the wrong it's the wrong job for you, Robbie. Yeah, but it's also that like <laughs> the commentators and the, the 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 pundits as well. I'm sure they get they get sent. Um, like like match packs and and yeah. fact packs where it has the players saying their name and they they, they actually like pronounce their name how, how they want it how they want it to be pronounced and then it's it's up to the commentator who does that to to listen to it and then learn it so you can say it right so obviously like some pundits just aren't doing that research and it's like fundamentals. Well, Mike, and you know when you're doing live radio, so you used to do this, for example, if you would bring stuff in and you'd be like, Joe won't be able to pronounce that word. What is it? Dog, dog cat. <laughs> you, you spell it, but you'd spell it out phonetically. Yeah. So all yeah. you've got to do is read the sounds. And it's just, I mean, I, just things like that. It's funny, but it's just like, come on, mate. <laughs> I had to do um, an uh, uh, event in, uh, in Dubai once and we had... Uh, oh, dear. There was about, there was about <laughs> 65 Chinese divers um, and I had to pronounce like all their names. And um, I mean, we went out one night because I'm really a true professional. And uh, we went out one night and the next day I just remember looking and it was a hot and sweaty <laughs> swimming pool. And the Chinese coach just came up to me and he said, listen, right, it's really difficult for the names. He was like, just say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah down the microphone each time and then call their numbers so i remember when i started it was like oh yeah <laughs> it's, like, it's like you're doing a vocal warm-up <laughs> the, the chinese coach told you to do that yeah because he said it's really difficult because he otherwise his job was to come and sit and tell me everybody's names so he said just say oh yeah Number seven. You <laughs> like, sure this wasn't some Number random eight. go off the street, Anna? Are you sure this no, this is a genuine guy? event, but he didn't have time to sit All down right. and phonetically go through everybody's names. <laughs> <laughs> so that I just spent my hungover day going, we are seven, we are eight. And then I just thought, I just make it up. And the coach genuinely didn't care. So, oh God, yeah, Liverpool won, beat Milan 3 2. Again, I thought Liverpool looked a little <laughs> leaky at the back. Um, Mike, were you impressed with Milan? Yeah, I was. I sort of looked at the team sheet and I was like, "Oh, this Milan team is, is not up to much. They're sort of like a relic and Milan, and not the team they they once were. Like when this fixture was played, uh, infamously all them years ago uh, in the Champions League final. You know, they they were great teams, Maldini, Sadorf, and they they actually played really well. I, I, I feel like they they identified the threat, the um, where sorry where Liverpool's defense could be exposed and it's Joe Gomez who hasn't played football in, in a long time uh Joel Matip as well who when he's not got Van Dyke next to him looks a bit shaky as well and they they knew how to get down between the sides of them. Trent who is not a fantastic defender his best asset is going forward and they got in behind so many times mm. and they attacked with 
um, such, you know, aggressiveness. Um, they, they were fast. They were, they, they really linked up well together and they attacked with like five players and it was really sort of good to see. It made it for a great spectacle. Um, and all, all their goals were, were great, really. And Liverpool just didn't have many answers. But, you know, when you have someone like Mo Sadder in your team, who mm. I think he hit the other day the milestone of 100 Premier League goals um, in like something like 140 something appearances. Mm. Um, it's just incredible numbers and he will always bell you about. Um, I have to say as well, and Jurgen Klopp said it uh, after the game, he was like, I can't believe no one was was interested in, in Divo Carigi in, in the summer because like, they obviously don't watch him play. And he did a really good job. I think there was a lot of questions over Liverpool's front three over when one is missing or if one was to get injured and Origi, you know, fair play to him because he sits on the sidelines 90% of the time, but he he actually played pretty well last night. So yeah, fair play. I think there, there still will be issues for Liverpool, but um, it was great to see Jordan Henderson sort of encapsulate Stevie G with that. That, that was a good goal, goal, wasn't it? It's yeah, really good goal. Wasn't, goal. Well, I wouldn't say it's a wonder goal. It's just a good goal. No, it, well, it was so difficult because it was on the half volley. So and it came at him so far. So the the fact that he was able to control it and still rifle it in was pretty impressive. What's the definition of a wonder goal? Is the context of the play- so like, for example, if you're Leo Messi or Kevin De Bruyne or whatever or Cristiano Ronaldo, is is it got to be a better goal because your level of ability is higher? So e.g. If you're Eric Dyer and it's like a decent goal, is you that love then? Eric Dyer, <laughs> I love Eric Dyer. You do love it. <laughs> this show's so sponsored much. by Eric Dyer. But is that is that then worth more? Do you see what I mean? Because you get it's almost like a handicap. Because... Yeah, yeah. I, in, my, in my mind, wonder goal is something that you wouldn't expect. So if Eric Dyer is scoring like overhead kick, or he's even scoring from outside the box, I would I would say that's. That's that's a wonder goal. Like obviously, there's there's circumstances around. Scored a free it, kick for England, so I think, I you know like Henderson. I, I think he, he hadn't scored in the Champions League in, in seven years. So that to me, like a half volley, like really high, fast, is probably considered a wonder goal for me. And and mm. and given like the the circumstances of the game as well, like it was a winner. Has he has he scored at a World Cup? Has John Henderson scored at a World Cup? No. Eric Dyer has. So, you know, therefore... So is, so is Kieran Trippier. Yeah, another world-class Tottenham legend. Don't know what your point is. <laughs> God, I'm trying to do it, sorry. How, um, how are Spurs doing, Joe? Yeah, Jose Mourinho had his... <laughs> let's just put him down a peg or two, Mike, shall we? Yeah, let's talk about Spurs because you were very sort of confident and cocky. Um, really you know, you, cocky you, last you, week. You confidently yeah, predicted before. Spurs will finish in the top four. And then when they beat Man City, they mm. were going to win the league. Um, I, I know you're joking, but anyway, you were very confident, but a lot of people already questioning Nuno's style of football and how long can it last? Because you were pretty pathetic against Palace. Yeah, because you'd, you'd won your first three matches, hadn't you, top of the table. Um, how... What, what's the situation now? Can I can I just say, right, Arsenal beat Norwich and suddenly Mike's strutting around like Mick Jagger. No, I'm, <laughs> talking about, I'm, I'm talking about Crystal Palace because you, you, yeah. you were taking the mick out of, out of Patrick Vieira, Paulson Pease, all of that. And then he's just, just giving you a hiding. Yeah, can, I, knew, I knew Patrick Vieira listened to the show. Because I called him a Poddington P and he, do you know what? I bet he played that in the dressing room before. Yeah. Um, I, I bet he was singing it whilst playing. Yeah. yeah. I reckon he played that and he said, are you going to, are you going to let them? 
treat your manager like this. <laughs> <laughs> no, boss, we're not. And then that, yeah, look, the thing is, right, there, there are a couple of mitigating factors. I'm going to say them first, but Eric Dyer obviously got injured early doors, which, and as you know, he's a world-class centre-back and the, very much the linchpin of that Spurs team. And that meant we had to reshuffle <laughs> things. Not true. Jeff Tanganga <laughs> got sent off, deservedly so. We had to reshuffle even more. Obviously, there's that fiasco with players coming back from South America, Davinson Sanchez, Romero, Lo Celso, which meant our midfield three, Skip, fine, Holberg, fine. Harry Winks is my least favourite Tottenham player of all time. Yeah. <laughs> and I just winked. Sorry, sorry that's, mature. That's sorry. Um, and I, I personally, I, I think Harry Winks is a bottom three Premier League standard player. I, it like drives me mad that he's still at Tottenham. I can't believe we tried to make Everton pay us 25 million pounds for him. It's mad. Pay them 25 million quid to take him. But... That's a very defensive, stodgy midfield three. Deli Ali stunk the joint up. When he's not having a good game, he's a total passenger. And yeah, it was awful. It was really, really awful. And I was really miserable and down. Before that game, I was walking around. I was at an event and I was kind of walking around. Just like, right, it's going to be four out of four. Obviously, get a draw against Chelsea, beat Arsenal, bang, top of the league after six games. Oh, and then afterwards, I was just like, top half looking good for us. I mean, that's it. <laughs> Honestly, I just, it was... I think my problem is, is I do like Nuno, but the problem with Jose was the style of football was the worst I've ever watched. And I lived through Christian Gross and George Graham and David Pleat and all that, all the awful times at Spurs. And if it's going to be more of that sitting back, I just don't want it. We're not going to win the league. We're not going to win the Champions League. I'd rather be entertained. And I don't want to play rubbish football. And then if we lose, I think it compounds that. So yes, I think Chelsea will annihilate us on Sunday. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be, it's going to be like the Battle of Tewkesbury, Mike. Let me tell you, it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, but that's that. That is his style, though. So I think you knew what you were getting. Like at Wolves, they were, they were good against the. They better were teams. good. <laughs> they were, they were, they knew how to how to beat better teams, and obviously, like Nuno evidenced that with the win against Man City. Like you'd set up on the counter attack. So I just don't think you're going to get that football that that you're craving. So it was it to, to me. It was an interesting appointment to go from defensive coach Jose Mourinho to go to another defensive coach um, Nuno. But yeah, I guess I, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think I think we'll get battered by Chelsea on Sunday. Um, I'm feeling a little bit I'm feeling a little bit down in the dumps about it. Oh. So. Oh. Well, that's accept shame. it. It's a real shame. Just um, <laughs> 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 accept it. It's like United off. Um, and what about <laughs> Arsenal? Uh, Big yeah, win. Arsenal have got um, Arsenal got Burnley next yeah. um, after after beating Norwich. Yeah, I mean we can gloss over Norwich. We had like thirty attempts on uh, and six on target, and we just battered them. But we should have been like one five nil, but it didn't happen. Um, and yeah, Burnley up next against Sean Dyche's men, who mm -hmm. I'm sure we're going to hear from Sean later. But yeah, um, he's going to ring in. Always a tough test, but Burnley are on a torrid run of form, so. They're not the sort of Burnley that that we've come to expect. They're like a bit leaky in defence, and the Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes are not are not firing as they as they have done before. So it's going to be an interesting game. I think one of those. I think though, you look at the fixture calendar, don't you? And if you're having a bit of a tough time, you look and you see Arsenal coming up, and you think, "Oh yes, please, cha-ching." I'm um, right. Jose Mourinho had his thousandth game in charge. It was with Roma, who are top of Serie A, and they won. I love Jose. It's the worst football I've ever seen at Tottenham. I think he's funny. He still makes me laugh. I think he's a character. He bolted down the touchline to like mob his 
I, you can't mob if you're one person, can you? To jump on his players and like celebrate in front of the Roma fans. He was saying before the game that he wasn't nervous. Then admitted after the game he was super nervous. Do you still do you still love Jose Hannah? Uh, to be honest, I don't really have a, that much of a, a love or a hate for him. I just a bit beige to me now. I don't. I used he's to not love beige. Him. He's anything but beige. I used to, I used to I used to really really like him, and then I just feel that. Um, yeah, I just don't really have an opinion on him anymore, if I'm honest. I used to think he was great. And then after United, it's just, uh, yeah, whatever. Not for me, hun. There you go. That's Jose Mourinho dismissed yep. in 20 seconds after a thousand <laughs> games of management. <laughs> I was going to send him that. Imagine if he gets that and he listens to this. Oh, somebody likes me. Is that what he talks about? That's Arsene Wenger, isn't it? Ooh, I think it's annoying because I, I can't do uh, an impersonation of him. Of Jose? So, yeah, I can't do it. I just can't Can you do, do Arsene? So, oh, so well, I think we played very well and I'm now very happy. And Who's that, sorry? That's, what? Who's that? That's Arsene Wenger. That's Arsene Wenger. Hello. Hello there. <laughs> I'm a football manager. I actually <laughs> love Arsene Wenger. I Did you? I really like him, yeah. Really, a lot of respect for him. It's well creepy. Do you think? Have you met him? No, but I did see him I walking down um, uh, Putney Riverside once. He still had his Arsenal tracksuit on, which is quite did sweet. Did he? Last yeah. week. Uh, he, lives in, he lives near me, actually. Does he? Old Arsene, yeah. He's not a, in the same neighbourhood, though. <laughs> no, I'm on, the, I'm on the bad side of town. He's on the, he's on the nice side. But, You're no, in a little just... dog basket at the end of his garden. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I was Arsene Wenger's dog. It would be great to live in his house, wouldn't it? Just, just see what the great man gets up to. You could dress up and go and sit at the bottom of his garden. Yeah, I might do. Is it dog? Yeah, garden. dress up as a Poddington pea and sit in his garden until Patrick <laughs> Vieira's come to visit. Um, right, now, Mike, this, this was a bit of a source of debate in the WhatsApp group this week. Cristiano Ronaldo has been accused of sexual assault. I just think with, um, with Ronaldo coming back um, and there's a lot of media hype around it, I think it's, in, uh, it's important to let people know what the, what the allegations against them are. I know it was, it was from a long time ago, but... Um, mm. Uh, Catherine, Catherine Mayorga uh, felt compelled to to come out and speak again, or or to to bring the case to light again in light of the Me Too movement. So um, yeah, I just, I just thought just let let people know what what the allegations are. Just simply, I agree. Just that. Is there an element of because what we've seen in Hollywood uh, and with music is when people have been alleged or accused of crimes without having been proven guilty. Then, say, for example, they've been pulled out of film roles or their records have been dropped by labels. That's sort of, yeah. yeah, that sort of thing, which is dangerous because if that person is later exonerated and found innocent, then their career and their reputation and potentially their lives have been damaged, which is why it's quite delicate and kind of in the era of cancel culture, I think it's important to let legal processes run their course. Although, Hannah, and I'm not going to make you speak for all women around the world, um, but I kind of think, is there an element from your point of view that you kind of think more should be made of this, even though it's an allegation? It's, it feels like quite a thorny issue to me. Well, supposedly um, there was uh, a lot of protesters um, near Old Trafford ahead of the match, a lot of women's rights um, activists, etc., cetera, um, going off the back of what we're discussing uh, with mm. Ronaldo. Um, but yeah, I'm very much like uh, there's there's an allegation being made. There's um, nothing is, is being 
um, confirmed until anything has been proven um, and it's actually legitimately correct, then it's um, it's very difficult to make a, a judgment call on. I'm actually, yeah, I'm glad we talked about this, Mike. I wasn't sure, but I'm actually glad because I think like one of the things that we can do in football is ignore the wider context of what's going on, be that where clubs get their money from, be that kind of how much money clubs give, I mean, to to kind of football clubs lower down the league to support that structure further down the pyramid and stuff. And I think to ignore this kind of thing, I think from our point of view as broadcasters, if you can call this show a professional broadcast of any kind, I think we kind of have a moral obligation not to pass judgment, but certainly to let people know what's going on because it is a football show. It's, It's a soccer show. And I think, People do need to know and do their own research and form their own opinion. And I would be interested to hear what people say. Rose Ed Pod on Instagram or at Rose Ed Soccer on Twitter. I just think we're not passing judgment. I just want to make that very clear. We're just literally bringing the the allegations to light to let to let people know that that that's also happening as 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 you know at the same time as Ronaldo's return to the Premier League, and then people can can make up their own minds on it. Absolutely, and um, some good news now as well. Sol Bamba. If anyone remembers Sol Bamber, he's been kicking around for quite a long time. He's very good on Football Manager a few years ago. He's made his return to football for the first time since being diagnosed with cancer. Um, he's 36 years old. Middlesbrough did lose at the weekend, but I just thought that's a rather nice story. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, it was nice because he uh, he he came back to to train, I think, over over the summer and um just so he could build up his fitness and then he uh they they gave him a contract so absolutely fair play um great you know mental fortitude to to, to come back from something like that and and still carry on a professional career at, at his age as well so it's inspiring yeah it's great yeah very it's amazing. do you know how i thought about uh dropping a google on the other day christian erickson What's his um, dropping a Google? That's the thing. <laughs> Rather than like checking Google, dropping a what, Google on it. What century are you from, Hannah? It is, it is a bit like you're an alien that's been beamed. <laughs> it must strictly come dancing top. Um, no, Christian Eriksen, what's the, uh, I don't know what the update is with uh, with him at the moment, with his training and etc. I believe he's back doing some kind of fitness and rehab work at Inter Milan. Right. I think I'm right in saying, I think he might, I think he's going to play again. Um, because he's had, it's, it's quite new surgery. He's had, well, essentially a defibrillator, de- yeah. defibrillator yeah. fitted so that should his heart stop, it automatically shocks it to try and restart it, which is pretty amazing that you can put it's that inside a human yeah, being. That um, that's absolutely mental. Hannah, this week you pointed out an online spat between Jamie Carragher and <laughs> Gary Lineker. I didn't, it was Mike. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Mike. But Hannah, <laughs> Hannah had a lot to say about one of the contributors. No, she, it, it was. Will you explain the story, Joe? Right. So you basically, Sky. Oh, this has sent all the loser Messi Ronaldo fanboys into meltdown, right? Because you get these absolute sad acts that support players now, not clubs. It is like it's, it's a mistake, and it annoys me from an editorial point of view that stuff gets through. So essentially. What happened was there was a stat on Monday Night Football on Sky Sports here in the UK that got the number of trophies that Leo Messi won wrong um, and actually credited him for fewer trophies than he's actually won. And, for example, counted the UEFA Nations League as an international trophy for Cristiano Ronaldo, therefore made it look like Cristiano Ronaldo 
has been a more successful player than Leo Messi. This was within the context of an argument between Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville, where Jamie Carragher was saying, I think Messi's the best. And Gary Neville was saying, I think Ronaldo's the best. Now, this is absolute clickbait waffle to get these loser fanboys, as I say, from all over the world. And I like Messi, I like Ronaldo. No one cares. Just watch football and shut up. <laughs> but right, no, it, but it is like, I, I do think it's, it's a bit It's the most sad. boring debate, isn't it? Like it's the, it's the eternal debate and you just have one, your preference. You don't need to debate it. Just enjoy both. both. Great. Just well, enjoy Gary, Neville, Gary Neville was actually saying um, his driver on the way to the studio had said, if you had to bring a player on with, was it like 10 minutes to go of a game, somebody that you would trust will score from, for you, um, who would it be? And that was like the context. So they were going through these stats and obviously some of the stats were incorrect. Yes, some of the stats were incorrect. And then Jamie Carragher made a little dig uh, about Gary Lineker using auto cue yeah. too much on match of the day if you want to come on to monday night football then basically um he won't be able to use auto cue i suppose the issue there is though that gary lineker's a presenter not a pundit and like yeah you've got to be able to ad lib a little bit but it's a different role he's he's yeah. guiding the debate and doing the links so carragher and neville don't use auto cue because they're called upon to argue and debate things. So obviously it's not an auto cue because it's opinion based stuff. And then yeah. who's that? It's Dave Jones who hosts it, isn't it? So yeah. he obviously does the auto cue links. I mean, Jay, I, I, I just think I, we've all been very quick to forget that Jamie Carragher spat on a teenage girl. I just can't quite get past that. I don't, in my opinion, he doesn't, that, that's not something a nice guy does. Um, and but I think he did apologize for that. And, you know, um, so can was... I spit? Can I spit on teenagers <laughs> with impunity if I apologise? <laughs> <laughs> Go and put phlegm on all the school kids as they're walking home. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. But I think Gary Neville seems like a smashing fella. But I just think like he is. He's unbelievable. He's my favourite favourite pundit. Oh, I think he's the best pundit around. Charismatic, fun, like articulate, knowledgeable. Very I think he's absolutely yeah. brilliant. I don't really like Jamie Carragher. Like he just. I just, I, as soon as I saw him gobbing on a teenage girl, I just thought, <laughs> I know people shouldn't be giving you stick, but he's got his daughter in the car and whatever, and just don't spit on people. It's like, just, it's just, I, don't, I didn't like it. But Gary Lineker as well, I mean, yeah, fine, whatever. Just don't, just don't get involved. Why do you care? Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, but I, what I don't, because I, I don't really use Twitter because it's just a little cesspit of hate. Yeah. And I just think like Instagram's such a happy, clappy, cheerful place with lots of colorful pictures. Instagram's a bit like kids' TV. And then it's a bit like Twitter is a bit like the cultural equivalent of Arsenal fan TV. It's just people screaming at each other. It's like guys. Fire and fury. Yeah, I mean, I've I've muted Gary Lynn on Twitter for a long, long time now. Oh, he's going to be devastated. <laughs> Wait until he watches he just, this. He just pops up all the time with like a lot of sanctimonious stuff. Um, and I've just got no time for it. Like I really don't care about his views and he's got a lot of strong views. Um, and like replying to, to Jamie Carragher is just another, you know, thing that, that he would do, like trying to, it's like, it, it's like the worst sort of one-upmanship that there is like, mm. oh, you're both ex-players, you're both on TV. That's fine. Coexist. Like you don't need to try and be better than, <laughs> than, than the other. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah, so yeah. sad. Pathetic. It's sad. It's pathetic. Yeah. Like, and Jamie just Carragher. get on with your job. Like wh why do you care so much about, about what people think about you? Just get on with your job. That's fine. You're both good at it. 
some people might not like you some people will and that's the end of it it really annoys me and Je- the reason Jamie Carragher said that about the auto queue is because uh Gary Lineker is renowned for requesting auto queue even when he's doing links to ad breaks etc and that's why um obviously um Jamie was like oh yeah you know you won't basically won't be able to come mm. on Monday night football because we don't use auto queue so he's completely called Gary Lineker out but then you're like oh it's fun to watch a bit of a spat like that but like you say Mike it's like we the three of us have got very different opinions about football none of which is right apart from mine obviously um but but the idea is it's interesting to listen to and you kind of want to keep that level of respect for for ex players not hear them like bitching about who has auto queue and who doesn't and who got stat wrong and I just sort of think you're sat at home on the sofa in your mansion with your kids there and your wife or whatever, and you're on your phone arguing with, just get a life, mate. Like, I just think it's really, really sad. Um, But I tell you what, a man whose opinions we do value more than any other on this show is Burnley manager Sean Dyche. And I I don't know what he's going to say. I've I've got no idea what he wants to talk about. All I know is he WhatsApp, he's in the WhatsApp group, him and Eric Dyer. They don't say much, but when they do, it's, Often not worth listening to, uh, but <laughs> but Sean just WhatsApped us and said I, I, I'm going to ring in. So I think we've we've got him on the line now, haven't we, Hannah? Yeah. Is he is he is he going to do a poem for us? Are we going to have a, a poetry intro and stuff? Is that I've got right? no idea what to expect. He's pretty unpredictable. Oh, because I think he'd said to me he wanted to do like a, a poem. One a week in football, Ronaldo and Lukaku scoring a brace. In the Champions League, I thought Pep was going to smack Grealish and Mares straight in the face. They wouldn't disobey me at Turf Moor. Klopp was shooting his mouth off, saying that we were wrestling. What a ding. You don't mess with me, not the Burnley Ginger King. At the weekend against Arsenal, we're going to come good. We've got our main man up top, the mighty Chris Wood. Thanks, Sean. That was such a good poem. What I like about Sean is he's he's got quite an unpredictable rhyming scheme. It's like it's some sometimes rhyming couplets, sometimes every other line, sometimes every third line. You never really know where it's going to go. It makes me think that he's just been to a gymnastics class this morning with his three-year-old and sat and wrote it whilst watching his three-year-old do a gymnastics class. It just, just that's what it reminded me of on the back of a envelope piece of paper. Who knows? Oh, he sent you the envelope as well to have a look at. Yeah, yeah, just to look at. I, do you know what, right? I think the the thing I love most about this show is that Sean Dyche has the inclination to to call up and just share his thoughts like yeah. that. No context, he just does it. I think, I, thanks, Sean. Another beautiful yeah. poem. Um, and look, if there's anything you would like to to hear Sean uh, do a poem about, do let us know, Rosehead Pod on Instagram, Rosehead Soccer on Twitter. I'm sure he's very amenable. He's a man, he's, he's a man with time on his hands. <laughs> Let's face it. Uh, right, just to finish off, you two want to talk about your fantasy Premier League. <laughs> So yeah, right, I don't um, want you to Hannah, think I'm thick here. because God, had, here we go. We've had issues, but I can't see your score. Why can I not see any of your, I can't see your team. I can't see any of your info. Is Hannah Is, in a league on her own? <laughs> have you done something, Mike, says I can't see your team each week? No, so basically... <laughs> Am I being stupid? No, so I? on the app, you have like your, your regular leagues, but we're in a head-to-head league. Yeah, but I can't mean... see your team. Yeah, but that's... So if, if you click on our league... 
Yeah. And it's a head to head. Yeah. And then we're playing each other every week. Yeah, and no, Mike, Mike, on... I, I get that we're playing yeah. each other every week, but I yeah. can't see your team. You just need to click on my team name. But I do, and nothing comes up. I think you're muting it because you're like, yeah, you're scared. No, I was going to say, it. so the, the the update is we've we've played three game weeks. Um, yeah. I won the first two, and the Krillmanator, she uh, she came back to win, win last week by about two points because she brought in Ronaldo and captained him. Captained him. Had Antonio yeah. up front, so though. It, it, yeah, 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 I don't know what you're going to do with him this week, but it's currently 2-1 two, two, to me. I'm leading the league by three points. Okay, I'm going to beat you next week. What are your what are your team names? Uh, well, <laughs> Hannah's is actually the Creelmanator. I wasn't just making that up. Oh, I thought you were going to go for the, like the Creel deal or something. Creelmanators. No, because my maiden name was Creelman. Hannah Creelman. No, I, I, no, I understand. I know, that, I know that you know that, but I'm just saying that was my maiden name. No, I understand because um, it it's, it's a very nuanced, subtle because you know, um, you know, creel, creel baskets that catch crabs in the sea. Um, so I used to be called crab catcher at school. For That's a not a time. reference that anybody who grew up in a major city in the last hundred years has. <laughs> oh, you know, a creel, you know, a creel buckets. You know, when you go out and you get the creel buckets and you take them to market and you sell them, and then sometimes you can get Woodfoot fire. <laughs> what? I don't, you? Think, I don't think they had that at the Battle of Tewkesbury. No, they that didn't. Even they would be like, "What's she talking about, bro?" Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Krill bucket. So there, there you yeah. go. Uh, Mike, basket. what's your team name? Uh, my Spring name baskets. is Baskets. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> my my name is me, myself, and Ibe. After <laughs> then, quite... me and Jordan Ibe. That's quite good. Thanks. That's quite good. Um, I quite like Lukaku. One one flew over Lukaku's nest. <laughs> that work it's not bad <sighs> not great on that note i think we should <laughs> probably we should probably end the show i should also tell people uh we've now got a facebook page so just search rosehead podcast rosehead soccer podcast on facebook and on youtube we're on youtube we're on facebook we're on instagram we're on twitter and we're pushing stuff out um slagging it on socials basically. absolutely slagging, slagging it, it. On socials. we're like sandra around back at chippy on a friday <laughs> night anybody who gets me a small portion right uh, the ending. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah like big thank you everybody because we we're getting like anywhere between kind of 50 60 to like seventy thousand views a month on uh video content or reaching seventy thousand. um no, hang on, that's of me. Yeah, so reach, sorry, reaching a hundred thousand accounts a month, which is really nice. So yeah, thank you everybody who has watched our stuff. We appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah's like, I don't appreciate it. I hate you all. <laughs> I do. I do appreciate. It. If you're a Man United fan and you watch our stuff, then I appreciate you even more. Right, that's it. You can get in touch. It's Rosehead Soccer <laughs> on Twitter or Rosehead Pod on Instagram. Hannah, thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. Thank you very much. Cheers, lad. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye.